I'm going to do something tonight, that I, start something tonight in a method that I've never used before in, in 44 years of preaching. And that's namely, I'm going to preach through two books of the Bible semi-simultaneously. <laughs> the Second Samuel picks up with the death of Saul and begins the adventures of David. And it's a, a wonderful action-packed account of King David in Second Samuel. However, in First Chronicles, we have the same thing, but there is a preface in First Chronicles that I think is very important. And it's sort of like, a, to me, you know, you know, you can take this or leave it, but to me, First Chronicles is one of those um, watershed places that uh, gives us a tremendous teaching that we might overlook if we're not careful. So in the first nine chapters of 1 Chronicles, we have the genealogy of the world. And it's taking us through those nine chapters of 1 Chronicles. Then it takes us to David. So we're going to see, I hope, the importance of an individual with whom God enters into a covenant who is the progenitor of the Christ whose, whose son who will rule the world will be called the son of David. And we're going to see, I hope, how the Lord carries the world on an individual basis all the way through His promises and his purpose of redemption. Now, I've brought an article here, and I left the guy's name off. Steve Over, Steve Overholtz or Overholton or something like that. His 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 article is based on. Extractions from history, um, exegesis of Old Testament scriptures, and modern DNA. So it's a rather interesting study, and his is just sort of a drop in the, it's, it's like a, a drop of water in the ocean uh, compared to all that he draws from, but he has this sort of summary here. And I will reference this as because, because this to me shows us that the Lord counts all of us as important in his plan. And that the whole thing is working for his plan for his people. It's very clear. So we'll look at this now in this study of 2 Samuel and 1 Chronicles, but we're going to start 
for the first few weeks in First Chronicles because we want to go all the way through this genealogy that brings us to David. And then in Second Chronicles, there are broad statements about David and the, the uh, details of what he said in First Chronicles are given to us in Second Samuel. So I think that's how important the Holy Spirit sees, uh, sees this uh, covenant with and the life of David. All right, so I, I think I have what he has coordinated with what comes from First Chronicles here. So let's look at it. We're going to look at this, this genealogy. And you know, people, we have a tendency just to overlook these genealogies. They just seem endless and meaningless. And it's like chewing a rubber band when you try to pronounce all these Hebrew names one after another. And you think, oh man. But there's a lot of action in the space that's between every name that's given. Now, now the, 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 the chronicler of First Chronicles, actually First and Second Chronicles because they're one book in the Hebrew Bible, gives to us what is called a horizontal genealogy. It's, it, it means that it's true and it's factual but in order to, to maintain the main point, there, there may be a generation or two or three generations that are skipped over. So it, it goes from this guy and maybe a generation and then this guy. Unlike a vertical genealogy, which starts here and doesn't miss a single thing all the way down. We have to look at the point that the chronicler is wanting to make. He's leading us to David, the king. That's where he's leading us. But the covenant that God makes with David, man, I hate holding papers. The, the covenant that God makes with David is something that is rooted way before David. It is a truth. And David, the covenant with David and all and everything that happens up to that, all of these things have meaning. Every, every name has a meaning. There, there are lessons to be learned in those names and in the, uh, in the adventures and history uh, given to us in the scripture. All right, so here we go. The point is this, the world is God's stage. History books don't present it the way the scriptures present it. But God's book is the book that teaches us of our redemption, salvation, what God has done for us in his promises to us. Mainly the basic promise, which is to redeem us by the last Adam, to restore us from the ruin of brought upon us by the first Adam. And that God would do that begins with that first promise about the seed of woman and he just marches on from there. Some of these names that are important in the history of redemption are, I guess, meaningless in history books. You won't see some of these names and we'll talk about them as we go through. Um... 
But they mean everything to us, to you and me, those of us who are in Christ. So here we go. I only have 54 verses here. Um, but we should fly quickly through this uh, passage. We have here the precursor to David that moves along in 1 Chronicles 1. Begins with the pre-flood world. And here it is. And this is how it comes from the just names. Adam, Chet, Enosh, Kenan, Mahalalel, Jared, Hanoch, Mephuselah, Limech, Noashim, Ham, Japhet. That's the pre-flood world. In those names, the Holy Spirit of God sums up. The pre-flood world is so disastrous. It ended in utter failure, but for the grace of God, no one would have survived. Noah remained unblemished in his day. Namely, that is to say, he didn't join the rebellion of everybody else. And his family maintained their purity and God gave them something and Noah found grace. God, by grace, preserved Noah and his, God didn't have to, but he did. Because God had made a promise to Adam and to Eve about the seed of woman in the garden. So everything hangs on that. The whole pre-flood world hangs on it. Now, we go through these hundreds and hundreds of years in the pre-flood world and it's just sort of summed up in what? What's that? 13 names? But the last three names are the ones upon whom the upon which the or upon whom the post-flood world through the promise of God hangs its hope. So God had a covenant back that he established with mankind in the days of Adam. And all this stuff happens. And you can go back to Genesis and you can read what happens with the Canaanites and, and, and the rebellion that they were involved with in the pre-flood world. It, it just goes over that, just goes across that because this whole thing is carrying us individually to our redemption. Noah had three sons. We all know this. So now, these last three names, these men who emerge from the pre-flood world into the post-flood world will carry the promise. One of them will carry the promise of the Christ. God makes that, God makes that clear as we, as we move on through this. Now we move from there to what, what is called the table of nations. And this is where this, is where this, uh, this article comes in. Because to me, it's profound to think of this um, account in terms of real human history, real people, people whose names have been lost. I mean, you know, you go back, you know, to tell me everything you know about Jared, not Jared, not 
He's been to Jared's. It's not that. Or Lemech. Well, you know, you know, well, you know, you have to go back and look. You might glean some. But that's not the point here. The point is that God, through all of these generations, never forgets that he's going to redeem his own. It's not lost even in the darkness of the pre-flood world. It's never lost. And so the purpose of God's redemption carries on. And the promise of that redeemer, that seed of woman, is carried in the bowels, in the seed of one of these last three names. Spoiler, it's Shem. But the chronicler carries us through this, makes it clear, tells us how this happens. So now, biblical anthropology does not see the human race Racially, I'll explain. Part of this study, he briefly alludes to it, but it's an interesting study. We even, we even had a guy from creationist ministry here a few years ago talked about it. Biblical theology, biblical anthropology views the world as descending from one of three men. Doesn't have any, we're all the human race. It doesn't have anything to do with race. That's what Paul says in the book of Acts and on Mars Hill. We're, we're all of one race, he says. The DNA has shown that in any one of those three divisions of humanity, across time, Descendants from any one or all of those three have at one time or another produced different color children. What we're looking at here is people and not skin. People and promise. That's what we're looking at here. And this thing makes its way according to the plan of God through one of these three. So now we have the table of nations. The concept of nations didn't exist in the pre-flood world. It is in the post-flood world where nations begin to develop. And the whole thing, of course, is based upon the story of the Tower of Babel. Okay, so here we go. The sons of Japheth. And I'm going to read extracts. First of all, Gomer. From Gomer, now this goes through the other parts, the other parts of the genealogy, genealogies that are given. But we're just going to take it right up front. From Gomer, first of all, Japheth. He moves North from Ararat and west and east. Japhet. So he starts with the youngest guy here and he goes then to the old one. These are his kids 
And they move and settle Europe. From Gomer, this is based on all kinds of studies that he just sort of summarizes. And these are very advanced studies. It's amazing how DNA philologically, ethnically, etymologically comes to agree with what the Bible says about these three divisions of humanity, these three men. From Gomer come the Celt, the Celtic people, the Goths, the Austrians, the Swiss, the Scandinavians, the Germans, the Angles, the Saxons, the Irish, the Welsh, and the French. So this is Uncle Gomer to me. Or Papa, Papa Gomer. Magog. From Magog come the Scythian. Now we're moving, we're moving into Central Europe and more toward Russia and toward, toward the East. The Scythians, the Scots, we'll talk about the Scots here, how they came from the Scythians in a minute. The Russians, those who are in Ukraine, Belarus, the Finns, Yugoslavia, the Estonians, the Siberians, the Slovakians, the Poles, and the Czechs. So their initial, their, 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 initial their, their ancestry is here with that guy. So when I see Gomer, that's me. I mean, I'm not Gomer, but I'm, I'm in the seed of Gomer. It takes thousands of years for me to get born, but I'm there. And if that's, if Celtic, Goths, Austrians, Swiss, Scandinavians, Germans, Angles, Saxons, Irish, Welsh, French, if that fits you, that's, that's, then you and I have a kinship even closer than Japheth. Magog. The next guy is Madai. From Madai come now you have to understand that there are other mixtures that come together from these guys from one of the other two later on to give, but initially from Madai, from Iran, the Kurds, the Turks, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Uzbekistan, all those stands, it stands, all right, all those come from this guy, Javan. He's the father of the Greeks. Greece comes from him. The Cyprians, the Latins, the Romans, the Sicilians, the Italians, the Spaniards, and the Portuguese. Javon. He'll make you an offer you can't refuse. Tobol. Georgia. In the former Soviet Union. The Albanians. Meshech. Tobol. Meshech. Lithuania, Romania, the Muscovites. Now the Muscovites with the Scythians become the totality of, of what is known as Russia today. Teras. Teras, the Scandinavians, the Vikings, the Swedes, 
the Norwegians, the Danes, and the Icelandics. The sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, Dfat, Togarma. Togarma and Tarshisha of Tarshish. In a later, 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 later history are involved with a movement toward what the Romans would eventually call Britannia and they come in to the uh, to the they invade uh, the land of Gomer where the Celts and the Welsh and all that are so they have a part in that as well sons of Javan father of Greece Elisha Tarshisha Ketim Rodanim okay Rodanim, Rhodes, Spartan, Spartacus, those come from Rodanim. Tarshisha. That, uh, that is, the, the descendants are those of Spain that move up toward the British Isles. Now, the sons of Ham. Cush. He is the father of Ethiopia, the Sudanese, and the Australian Aborigines. These proofs come from DNA. Don't ask me to explain DNA. Mizraim. That's Egypt. Same, same, same people, same thing, and also the Coptic peoples, but mainly the Egyptians. Put, okay. From him comes Libya, Somalia, Tunisia, and the North African people. And Canaan, Canaan. Of course, the Canaanites, but later they shift toward the Far East. And from, the, from, the, from Canaan come the Mongols, China, Japan, the Eskimos, the American Indians. Polynesians and Pacific Islanders. Now this is the point. This is meaningless unless I can see that God has a purpose and a design and knows everybody by name. This is the design and purpose of God. Now you'll notice, well, we'll keep going here just a second. Sons of Cush. The sons of Ra'ama, Sheba and Dadan. Sheba and Dadan are the progenitors of Saudi Arabia. Cush begat Nimrod. Nimrod and his people are the progenitors of the Chaldeans or the Babylonians. He began to be a mighty man on the earth. And Mizraim begat Ludim, a place that would be called Libya later on. Anamim and Lechabim and Naphtahim and Pathrusim and Kaslahim, from whom the Philistines and the Kaphtorim were descended. Canaan begot Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth. Heth is the father, the progenitor of the Hittites. And the Jebusites and the Amorites, now, 
Begin to know. We've seen these names, the Jebusites, the Amorites. Here's the point. All through history, there is hostility toward the people and the purpose of God. And it, and it raises its head here in the names of these people because we can see Amorites and Jebus. We can see that and we know that on into history, Israel has all kind of trouble with these people. The Arvidites and the Zimmerites and the Hamathites, now the oldest. He's been going in backward order because the chronicler takes us Finally, in his list, he takes us to the one who carries the promise or the covenant, namely the oldest who is Shem. He's the father of the Semitic people. They settle in the Middle East. Ham and his descendants settle in, in and across Africa. They go north into the west and a little bit toward the east for uh, Europe. And now the Middle Eastern peoples. Elam, Ashur, the Elamites are the same thing as the Persians. And their bloodline is very strong in Iran. We saw another progenitor and these people come together to make Iran. But the Elamites were the strongest of those. Persia, the Persians. And Ashur, he is the progenitor of the Assyrians. It, is, it, it was the Assyrians who conquered the northern kingdom of Israel and dispersed the ten tribes into the world. Arfaqshad, Lud, Aram, the Arameans are the same thing as the nation of Syria today. And they also are forefathers of the Lebanese. Uz, Hul, Geter, and Meshech. Now this is not the same Meshech that we saw who was a son of Japheth. So keep that in mind, all right? And Arphaxad, now here we're following the lineage here, and that guy, Arphaxad, he is the progenitor of Abram, Abraham, who of course is the progenitor of the Christ. Begat Shelah, and Shelah begat Heber. Heber is the progenitor of those who were called the Hebrews. Now an Israelite is a Hebrew, but not every Hebrew is an Israelite, okay? And to Heber were born two sons. One was named Pelech, the other, uh, because in his day, in his days the earth was parted, that is at the Tower of Babel, the languages. And his brother's name was Joktan. Joktan begot Amadad and Shalef and Harzamatheth and Jorah and Hadorim and Uzal and Dechlah and Ibal and Abimael and Sheba and Ophir and Havilah and Jobab. All these are the sons of Joktan. Shem. Now I want you to think of the history of the Bible, the story of redemption, and it's just summed up in these 10 names. Shem, who emerged from the ark on the other side. The exclamation was, blessed be the Lord God of Shem. That was the Bible teaching us that Shem 
carries, carried the promise of the Christ. Arfakshad, Shalah, Heber, Pelug, Reu, Sarug, Nahor, Terah, Abram. He is Abraham. Now the Holy Spirit of God in the book of Chronicles, there has been all kind of history that we just whoosh passed over. There has been a replenish, a replenishing of the world. And from the studies of this guy here, we saw ourselves there. God knew. Now, the beauty of this thing, and I have to keep reminding us of this, he's taking us to David. That's where he's taking us. It's going to take eight more chapters after this one. But in every name, there's a story. In every paragraph, there is the, there is the reality of a struggle between those who are of the world and those who are of God's people. And the world struggles against the people of God. And we've already seen it in some of the names, the, the Amorite, the, the, all those, you know, the Jebusites. So it takes us now, this whole story has narrowed from Adam through the population of the pre-flood world down to Noah and then his three sons and from those three sons to one son and from that one son, all the world getting populated and all this stuff going on and God is bringing us to Abram, Abraham. To whom God will, through whom God will make a covenant, to whom God will make a covenant. And make the promise that through him all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now you think about this. We have a, an extreme summary of the whole world since the beginning of time, since Adam. We have this extreme summary. And in every name and in every paragraph, there's all kinds of history. There, there, there are all kinds of conspiracies and intrigue and, and there are impoverished people. And some of those impoverished people are God's people and nobody else really thinks much about them. And then there were great leaders across the world. And there were warlords and there were wars and all these things happened. But the preservation of God's people was uppermost in the responsibility and mind of Almighty God. And these, these genealogies are so important because he's carrying us to a man who is so important in the whole story of this, who is namely David. All right, so we keep going from here. Moving to the sons of Abraham. Isaac and Ishmael. These are their generations. The firstborn of Ishmael was Nabaoth and Kedar and Abial and Mibsam. Mishma and Duma. Masah, Hadad and Timah. Jatu and Afish and Kedma. All these were the sons of Ishmael. Now, just moving across those generations and the decades and centuries that went through that, that that went through has to remind us 
that the Ishmaelites, generally speaking, always hated the chosen people of God. So there's, there are struggles and there's meanness and evil and conspiracy. And we move through because here the Holy Spirit is giving us the generations of Ishmael, Hagar. There was no such thing as an Israelite in the day of Abraham. He was just a Hebrew. Hagar was an Egyptian handmaid. So you have a Hebrew and an Egyptian woman and their child is Ishmael. He's the father of the Arab people. So we're seeing here the development of the Arab. As a matter of fact, I found somewhere a um, bibliography and a great deal of the data, historical data came from, from uh, historians who were actually Islamic people. But it's interesting to me that in their history, they don't deny the very thing that the Bible says back in Genesis. It's, the chronicler gets most of his information from the early genealogies back in Genesis. And it always agrees. So these were the sons of Ishmael. And the sons of Ketur. Okay. Sarah dies. With Sarah's death, Abraham takes another wife. He's, 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 he's called, she's called his concubine here. She begins to have children. And she bore to Abraham. This is way late in Abram's life. And of course, Ishmael and Isaac are already old men. And she bore Zimran, Jokshan, Midian, Midian. You ever heard of the Midianites? Jishbach. Shua, the sons of Jokshan, Sheba and Dedan. There's that name again. Those are the Saudi Arabians. And those other Arab people, those other people of that, that part who, who commingled with the descendants of Ishmael. The sons of Midian, Ephah, Epher, Hanach, Abidah, Elda'ah. All these are the sons of Keturah. Now, Abraham's on his deathbed and he calls his sons to his deathbed. You'll see it, it's in Genesis. I'm not, I don't have it up here, but it's in Genesis. And he looks at all these sons that he has. One from Sarah. One from the Egyptian handmaid, Hagar. And then several from his concubine, Keturah. They're all descendants of Abraham. And their descendants will be descendants of Abraham. But he gathers them to his bedside. And he says, the land of promise to which Yahweh gave me belongs to Isaac. Nobody else. Belongs to Isaac. Now you other boys move eastward. And get away from Isaac. You cannot have Isaac's land. This is the land that God gave to me. And Isaac is the son of promise. And I'm giving it to Isaac. So none of these other children, sons of Abraham, were granted the right to have the land of promise. Only Isaac. And so they were told to go to the east. Actually, Shabbat and Dedan 
responded in the positive and did that. And is in the late part of Abraham's life, after he said that, most of them, I suppose, did. But they come back and want it <laughs> a little later. Still want it today, as a matter of fact. Abraham begat Isaac. He's the son of promise. I should have underlined, should have underlined Isaac because the covenant now transfers to Isaac, Isaac, Isaac. The sons of Isaac, Esau, and Israel. Now we won't get to Israel till next time. So we're going to look at the sons here, the descendants of Esau. Reminding us that God's people always it made its own little space, but in the word throughout. Oh well. That God's people always face his hostility in this, in this present world. But it never, ever, ever stops God's purpose or undoes his promises. So let's look at this. Sons of Esau. Eliphaz, Ruel, Jeush, Jaalam, Korah. The sons of Eliphaz, Timon, Omar, Zephi, Gaatam, Kenaz, Timna, Amalek. We've heard of that guy. The sons of Ruel, Nahat, Zerah, Shema, Mizah. The sons of Seir, Lotan and Shobal, Zibion, Ana and Deshon, Ezer and Deshan. And the sons of Lotan, Hori, Homam, and Lotan's sister was Timna. The sons of Shobal, Alian, Manahat, and Ebal, Shafi, Onam, the sons of Zibion, Aya, and Anna, the sons of Anna. Deshaun and the sons of Deshaun, Hamron and Eshban and Jithron and Keron and the sons of Ezir, Bilchan and Zaavan, Jachan and the sons of Deshaun, Uz and Aran. Okay. These guys, when you get to, well, take for example, book of Isaiah. Or uh, Ob Obadiah. That pro the prophet says, God says, I, I love Jacob. I hated Esau. These guys are nothing but trouble. A reminder that there is a struggle between the seed of woman and the seed of the serpent until finally at last the heel crushes the head. So what, what history is there here? And what troubles did Israel find in all, and the descendants of Isaac, did Israel find in the lives of all these people? Now, interestingly, the Holy Spirit gives a section here on the kings of Edom, Esau, the Edomites, or descendants of Esau, teaching how brief and hopeless Earthly kingdoms really are. Every, let's look at it. These are the kings who reigned in the land of Edom before any king reigned over the children of Israel. Bilal the son of Beor, and the name of his city was Dinhaba. 
Well, here's the point. Hey, he was probably a great guy in his day. He was a king, had a kingdom, but he died. His kingdom didn't last forever. The point is, all the way through here, all these kings, they died. The Holy Spirit of God doesn't say that about anything prior to this in this portion, but says it about these kings to show that even, even the highest aspiration of man is nothing if it's not in the purpose of God. Now you see, let me remind us again that this genealogy is leading us to David. His kingdom won't ever stop. But no other kingdom could say that, you see. Biladadjah, uh, Jobab. <laughs> Jobab, the son of Zerah from Bozrah, reigned in his stead. But you know what? Jobab died. Husham, from the land of the Temanites, reigned in his stead. Husham died. Hadad, the son of Badad, who smote Midian in the field of Moab, reigned in his stead. He's a tough guy. He defeated a lot of people and expanded his state. didn't matter. He died. The name of his city was Avit. Hadad died. Shamla of Mazrekah reigned in his stead. Shamla died. Shaul of Rehoboth by the river reigned in his stead. But Shaul died. Not the Saul of 1 Samuel. This is another Shaul. Baal Hanan, the son of Achbor, gives you an idea who, what God they worship, right? Reigned in his stead. But Baal Hanan died. And Hadad reigned in his stead. Now the name of his city was Ta'i. And his wife's name was Mehetabel, the daughter of Matred, the daughter of Mesahab. She has Baal in her name, which tells us she must have been a scary woman. Hadad died. The chiefs of Edom were Chief Timna, Chief Alva, Chief Jetet, Chief Aholibama. Oh, holy Bama. <laughs> Aholibama. Chief Elah, Chief Pinon, Chief Kanaz, Chief Timam, Chief Mibzar, Chief Magdiel, Chief Eram. These were the chiefs of Edom, but it doesn't matter. They're nothing. The kingdom of the Edomites. Edom is a, the root of Edom is Adam. And it speaks of flesh. All these guys descended from that. They're representative of Edom. But they couldn't hang on because they just kept dying. The kings diminished. And the kings couldn't hold on to kingship, so it diminished into chieftains. And it broke up into tribes because that kingdom could not stand. They fought Israel all the way through as long as they existed until God declared an end to the Edomites. You see, the story of mankind is this struggle, but it is the irrevocable promise of God who keeps His eyes on His people and His covenant. 
And he won't turn loose. So we're going to see this all the way to David. And then we'll start enjoying the adventures of David. And how, as we've already seen, God preserved David miraculously and carried him through his time and in his kingdom as a king. Well, we're going to stop there. That, that ends chapter one, I think. So we'll stop there. And I hope you got something out of the, <laughs> out of the genealogy. We'll have our uh, prayer time.